Hello and welcome back to the Pokes Podcast. On June 19, 1865, hundreds of thousands of enslaved people were freed by executive decree. While the Emancipation Proclamation was issued two years prior, slave owners in Texas missed the memo. Theories on how this might have happened are still debated. Some believe the messenger may have been killed, while others believe there wasn't enough Union soldiers present in Confederate states to enforce the proclamation. Regardless, individuals enslaved in Texas would sadly not see their freedom until the Civil War came to an end with Confederate General Robert E. Lee's surrender. More than 150 years later, African Americans celebrate Juneteenth with parades, barbecues, speeches, music festivals, educational events, and so much more. Juneteenth is a day to celebrate freedom and honor the resiliency of all African Americans. Today, I was joined by Dr. Andrew Belton, a core faculty member of OSU's Africana Studies program. Dr. Belton and I discussed the importance of Juneteenth being named a federal holiday, how an Africana Studies minor can impact a student's education and future work life, some historical figures he is inspired by, and so much more. Okay, so if you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about what you do as a professor here at OSU. Sure. So my name is Dr. Andrew Belton. I'm an assistant professor in the English department. I teach African-American literature and cultures. I'm also an affiliate faculty for the Center for Africana Studies, which is a part of the Africana Studies minor at Oklahoma State. And, uh, and then what else do I do? I do lots of things, but I'll leave it at that in terms of what I do. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me. I'm really excited to put an episode out to celebrate Juneteenth this week. Is weekend. this your first? No, this is my second. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah, this is, by the way. This is my second, but this is my first first zoom episode so okay Okay. a little nervous on the zoom side of things but just to kind of kick us off I was wondering if you could talk about what it means to black OSU students faculty and staff that Juneteenth is now a federally recognized holiday and what is kind of the impact of that for our students and faculty and staff first things first Juneteenth became federally recognized last year 2021 so this will be the first year that the United States recognizes not only the holiday but gives people off work in terms of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State students faculty staff the Oklahoma State community, there are a number of ways we might think about the significance of Juneteenth. You know, like many holidays that celebrate and or uh, commemorate American history and African-American history as a sort of some genre, when I think it in that way, um, then Juneteenth is a day that, you know, you can link with something like Fourth of July. It's an Independence Day. It's a Liberation Day. It's a day to celebrate freedom in some some exacting ways. The thing I would say as a as a professor of Africana studies, as a professor of Black studies more generally, is that Juneteenth, you know, gives us an opportunity to think about the legacy of freedom in the United States. So, you know, many people for the 4th of July, the Declaration of Independence, these kinds of, the, you know, the Congress of the uh, Constitution, you'll think about these moments in U.S. history as moments that cement the legacy of democracy and or freedom. And Juneteenth is a way of, you know, extending that way of thinking to those who came to the U.S. as enslaved, you know, as enslaved persons, right? So the holiday in terms of its significance for Black OSU, I think, is something that will play out in, you know, over the future, you know, years of Oklahoma State's uh, growing Center for Africana Studies and the kinds of programming and or communal events that OSU, Oklahoma State decides to like promote in reference to the holiday. I'm not in Stillwater now, so I'm not even sure if there are events planned for this 
particular dream team, but it's an opportunity to, you know, begin thinking about future projects or enterprises and the long project of liberation, not only in the US, but around the world, but it, you know, it could also offer an opportunity for Oklahoma State, the Oklahoma State community to think about what that looks like, you know, both in the Stillwater community and, you know, across the state. Do you have plans to celebrate Juneteenth or does your family or friends maybe? So I'm, I will actually be traveling to Ghana for the uh, first time, my first time in Ghana. Ghana is a West African country um, that, you know, if we're talking about the legacy of liberation, um, it has, you know, it's on both sides of that coin. So it's a country that, you know, hundreds of years ago participated in the transatlantic slave trade. Um, they have two castles that like, you know, where enslaved persons were sent off to the new world, to the Western hemisphere. Um, but it's also a space that became the first uh, sub-Saharan uh, geographic space country um, to declare its independence from European rule, right? So I'll be in Ghana sort of thinking about how African nations and African nation like Ghana as a post-colonial nation state, you know, thinks about liberation. And I'm from DC. DC has historically celebrated Juneteenth all my adult life, probably even into my childhood. So I've been thinking about celebrating this holiday in conjunction with the community for a long time. Usually we do things like, you know, the city that they have like art exhibits they'll have, the museums will always do some sort of small thing to commemorate African-American history. Communities like have fairs because it's summer, you know, so these kind of, these are the types of typical practices that some folks have, you know, maybe differently from Black History Month. It's a time, I think, for African-American community in particular to sort of reflect on like business enterprise, thinking about the future in some way. So, so yeah, but it's a holiday that is only sort of growing in its cultural importance within the Black community in some ways, as more and more people learn about the events behind Juneteenth, the context in which, you know, African-Americans who were still enslaved in Galveston, Texas, and other parts of Texas were like the last to be liberated as a function of the Civil War. So Juneteenth, it's a way to reflect on that moment, the moment of bringing liberation to the last remnants of a slave state and slave system. But it's also, I would say, it's a moment of thinking about liberation and what it means and what it looks like, not only into our contemporary moment, but, but the future, I would say. Can you talk a little bit about um, how the Africana Studies minor could impact a student's education and then also how would it impact their workforce experience? So I will say, Shadi, I am not an administrator in Africana Studies, but I teach in this department. So I know for a fact that Africana Studies is like 18 credit hours in the university system. That includes an intro to Africana Studies class, a class that would prepare you in some of the methods of Africana Studies, what it means to even call you know, talk about Africana studies should be put into some small context. When we think about the history of Black studies in the U.S., the history of higher education and, and public education in the U.S. as well. So you might want to think about Africana studies as a part of this larger field of Black studies and or African diasporic studies. Uh, diaspora is a sort of strange word. Not a lot of people are often familiar with this word, you know. Uh, I'm an English professor, so I've always loved this word. But it's a word that means to, like, disperse in some way, just like seeding. So if Oklahoma State as a land-grant university, we're about, you know, there's some farming programs here. We can think about the way in which diaspora is, like, a taking of seed and sending it forth, you know, on the winds in that way. So Africana Studies is thinking about the African locale, the continent, and those who disperse from that place. 
So in the department itself, or as a part of the center, I should say, we offer a number of courses, courses that range from like popular culture to African-American literature and art to courses on race and race philosophy, et cetera. Part of what a department like Africana Studies wants to do at Oklahoma State is to, in some way, um, offer another, a, a different approach to a methodology for research and study for scholarship at the university level. If universities are typically organized around kind of core set of classes in the scholastic model that was established like hundreds of years ago in, you know, before the Italian Renaissance, the European Renaissance, hundreds of years ago, we established ways that reading and teaching might lead to, you know, scientific knowledge or the production of knowledge. And now, all these years later, you know, into the 20th and 21st century, Black Studies or Africana Studies comes into the university as an opportunity to sort of think about all of the study we've been doing in, you know, higher education or intellectual uh, life for the last few hundred years. And so part of what Africana Studies offers is a critique of some of the things that have been instituted as a function of study over the course of not only Western hemispheric history or quote unquote new world history, but many of the kinds of uh, scientific breakthroughs. It, it's a way of trying to think through producing knowledge, I would say, that at the very least takes some different points of departure from those that we get in uh, standard education. But you know, the, the shorthand is we have a minor in Africana of studies that's 18 course credits and you can get an interdisciplinary approach to the study of like African civilizations, cultures, African-American civilization cultures, both within the U.S. and beyond, you know, beyond the U.S. in terms of the Western Hemisphere. So into Latin America, Central America, the Caribbean, et cetera. So would you say that it kind of comes in handy for maybe just critical thinking and problem solving? Yeah, I completely like overlooked the second part of your question, which was about the work workforce, you know, which is whatever, you know, it's always what students want to know. It's like, okay, how can what I'm doing in this classroom help me not only get a job, but potentially do better at that chosen career. So I would say for sure, one of the things that's at the center of an Africana studies project is critical thinking, critical thinking and potentially critical writing and or analytical skills. Often those will involve, you know, looking at different social systems. So if you're interested in politics or economics, you're interested in institution building. So like, you know, business management, these kinds of things, Africana studies might be a a great minor to take on to think about some of the things that come up when, start, when you're thinking about diversity in the workplace or when you're thinking about what it means to answer some of the like ethical questions of our time if, 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 if such a thing exists things like you know how do you treat other people for example you know very basic questions that we all struggle with every day Africana studies is a way into that subject matter from a perspective historically that was necessarily marginalized so sometimes looking at a problem or and or a set of problems from the position of those who have necessarily been positioned in relationship to power differently can often be the great thing in certain kinds of fields now more generally I would say um the great thing about Africana studies as a, you know, approach is that it's interdisciplinary. That means, you know, if you're interested in psychology or psychiatry or social work, education, uh, we'll offer classes that address all these, this subject matter. One of the things I'm hopeful for in the future of Africana studies here at Oklahoma State is that we expend, extend in the, even into the STEM sort of research fields and thinking about what looking at some of those subject and disciplines like physics, for example, there's great work being done by um, Black Studies scholars in, the, in, in thinking about physics and 
what we can learn about the world from an Afrocentric perspective. So I think there's like lots of opportunities for students to think about even their core projects in an Africana studies classroom. The faculty, the core faculty and those who are affiliate faculty, I think do a great job of introducing the subject matter, but also uh, allowing students to sort of see how it applies to their already academic and scholastic interests. That's a really good point to hit on too, because a big part of this podcast, like I told you, you know, our um, target audience is cast students. So we want students to listen to the podcast and learn things and get ideas for things, but also incoming students who maybe are listening to know that an Africana studies minor can be applied to any major really that you want, and it can be beneficial in any career path that you choose. Um, while we're on that, could you, I know you, you said earlier, you're not an administrator, but if you could talk a little bit <laughs> about the Center for Africana Studies and kind of what do they offer and what resources do they have that you know of? So I know for a fact that the Center for Africana Studies has newly revamped headquarters in the Life Sciences East building. Um, we're in room 112 in that building. And that, re- that center itself offers like all sorts of things. It's a first, first and foremost, it's a research outlet for students. Um, so it's a space where students can come to study, to learn, to be pointed in the direction of where to go. You know, if, if Google became a kind of one-stop shop for all sorts of search, you could think about the Center for Africana Studies as a kind of one-stop shop on um, Oklahoma State's campus for things Black studies or Africana studies, right, beyond our library services. But in that space, you'll find experts in the field who, whether you're working on a paper or trying to theorize a project or necessarily just looking for readings, you know, I'm always, I have so many students in creative writing and English and education uh, students in my classes who you know, are always just looking for a cool book to read, you know, so this is the kind of direction and or orientation that you can find in the Center for Africana Studies. Their room is so nice and they have, Mm -hmm. um, they got the TV up and everything. They have like Mm -hmm. alternative seating, I think, and stuff in there, whiteboards, all kinds of resources to get your ideas out of your brain and get them on paper and <laughs> do homework and have someone to bounce ideas off of. And yeah, this is a great point. Yeah. I mean, it's a great point. I, whenever, whenever I'm on campus, I think finding places to research and study and like you say, get your ideas on a board or something and get some direction. That's a great space for this. So. Definitely. And I think that they're planning on maybe hosting some events and stuff as, as time goes on. So um, any students who are interested in black studies or you know, African-American literature and things like that can really take advantage of those events and meet lots of cool speakers and other students who are sharing those interests and things like that. So it's a really great resource that I hope a lot of students will take advantage of. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your favorite research areas or academia areas that you've studied? Like I said, I'm an English professor. I mostly teach literature, but I do work with hip hop. Um, And this is probably why lots of students are interested in my classes. Hip hop culture has become so interweaved into American popular culture and media media streams, like more generally. So I teach courses on like hip hop film, not really hip hop literature because I I love traditional African American literature and the long history of Black uh, letters. But yeah, I do work on hip hop music albums and hip-hop films but that's not even my most like interesting research i just sort of course last semester which i'd say is the work i liked doing the most i should say it that way on black women celebrities so this was a course that we talked about people like michelle obama oprah winfrey uh, someone like zora Neale hurston josephine baker we basically looked at 
Black women in the popular culture from Phyllis Wheatley, who's the first African-American woman to publish a collection of poetry in the United States as an enslaved woman, I should say. And then all the way up to talking about figures like Condoleezza Rice, Michelle Obama, who are women in politics and power. So it, that's a class that I would say was the right very, for me, you know, new research, interesting research, but in terms of Africana studies more generally, some colleagues, uh, I think, have taught classes on like comic books, graphic novels, this kind of thing. There's uh, classes on Black psychology or how, how race shows up in psychological studies, these kinds of things. We have faculty who do work in philosophy. Yeah, lots of, lots of great content, especially in contemporary culture, because African-American cultural productions um, you know, last 150 years in the U.S. have become quite, you know, synonymous with American popular culture. So, if you had to pick one that you would like every student to take, that you think oh, would be most question. impactful, Intro to Africana Studies is the most impactful because um, it's going to, for most students, introduce them to subject matter content and research approaches that they're not getting in other classroom settings. Like. I think in real time this semester in my intro to Africana Studies class, I think it was the Oscars was on like a Sunday and the whole Will Smith incident had occurred. And then, you know, my class met on that Monday. And in that class, we were able to discuss the context around like what such a public display of violence, necessarily aggression meant for the public, you know, for thinking about Blackness in the public, right? So in real time, lets us respond to like contemporary events, events in politics and business, et cetera. For me, I would say, wow, I love that class. Probably the class that always beyond just Africana studies, I love going back to is my African-American literature course, which I'm teaching in the spring, if any of the students listening are interested in, uh, uh, in the spring of 2023, I should say. And, and that course is always an opportunity for me to explore different subject matter. So uh, but recently I've, I explored in that course, uh, science fiction. We read future novels, apocalyptic novels, novels about robots and the like. So that's, I'm still a literature professor in that way. And I will always love teaching literature first. Wow, that's really cool. I wish I would have known about some of these things when I was in school. <laughs> that's what, that's what the podcast is for, you know, like you, you're exactly. getting it out to the, the student body so that they can make use of it. So that's great. Exactly. That's really neat. Okay, so just out of curiosity for you in particular, if you could name some in history, African-American people in history that you think are really influential, but most people don't know a lot about or we don't learn a lot about. Yeah. So I say I tell this to almost every student who takes me that the most important intellectual of the 20th century is probably Zora Neale Hurston. Some students might say someone like Stephen Hawking or Einstein or these kinds of figures. But um, Zora Neale Hurston was a cultural anthropologist who was trained under as as anthropology started to split from archaeology as a scholastic practice. And, you know, most people may know or and or heard of Zorna Hurston because she's also a novelist in, you know, Amer mainstream American history. She wrote a novel, Their Eyes Are Watching God, that, you know, makes most reading lists. Some students read it in high school. There was a movie made about it. But beyond her novels, uh, Zorna Hurston really did a lot of theorizing around Black culture and Black community. She was an ethnographer who collected stories from recently emancipated communities, all Black towns. You know, Oklahoma as a state at one point had more than 50 incorporated Black towns. I think it's down now to something like 13. But over the history of these, the emergence of such Black towns, lots of ethnographers like Zorna Hurston, not lots, but, you know, a handful of Black women ethnographers like Catherine Dunham, 
Zona Hurston would go around to these communities and collect their stories, collect their music. Lots of her work is stored at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., where I'm from. Beyond even like her work as an ethnographer, she did a lot of theorizing around community, around race, around politics in the U.S. So yeah, I would say Zora Neale Hurston, and most people have heard of Zora Neale. I mean, most people have heard of Zora Neale Hurston, so it's sort of like a cheating answer because, um, you know, like people might be like, oh, I know that name. I've heard of her. But most people don't know the fullness of her legacy. So. She's also the first Black woman filmmaker. I should have said that to start, you know, like right when film, Birth of the Nation, uh, early 1920s, just to give people a sense of it. Zorna Hurston was already making films. You know, she's one of the first people with a camera in their hand and filming for aesthetic purpose, not just for like capturing sake. So, Wow. I actually didn't know that about the film filmmaking. That's really cool. Yeah. I, this year, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about Eugene Bullard, I think is his name. Yeah. He was a pilot, and I'd never heard of him, and he was just this really famous pilot, and he flew for for France. For those of you who don't know, he was an American pilot, but he flew for France um, in World Wars, and then finally, like 70 years later, posthumously named, a, a, I think, a lieutenant, maybe even, in the Air Force. I'd have to fact check that, but... Um, doesn't really get the recognition he really deserved in the U.S. until just recently. But you know, he's the first Black pilot in the American military. Well, see, there you go. Like these are, yeah, these are the kinds of stories I think that um, you would definitely have coming out of an Africana Studies course. So yeah. definitely, I I think it's important for students to take advantage of because there's so many stories to be told that don't get told. Is there a particular if you had to pick one, a Black figure that you really look up to or um, has mm. made a really big impact in your personal life, they could be dead or alive. Okay. This is a tough question, you know, because like, there's so many uh, people who have impact on us outside of personal people like my older brother and my father who are both passed. But, you know, like outside of those personal connections, I'd say someone famous whose work, whose writing at least has impacted me, and that person is still alive, thankfully, is a, a writer named Sylvia Winter. She's a theorist, uh, literature scholar too. Winter, W-Y-N-T-E-R, just in case anyone would look uh, Sylvia up to read her work. And you know why her work is quite brilliant, at least to me, is that she's a scholar who's thinking about the category that we all claim, lay claim to every day, which is the category of the human. Um, and she's doing some really interesting writing about humanism and what it means to, to call oneself a human in relationship to another, what kind of like ethical dilemmas that creates. She's a philosopher as well. So I would say definitely Sylvia Winter, who I know no one has heard of, but if people want to Google, uh, still living Black studies scholar and learn some things, then that's the person I would recommend. Okay, and then what advice would you give to a young Black person who's coming to school at OSU? Wow. Um, a new student to o Oklahoma State, I would give them so much advice. I mean, all the advice I'd want myself, um, but probably most, maybe most important advice for a young student, um, African-American or otherwise, is to spend at least that first year exploring lots of subject matter while you're going to make lots of friends and experience lots of new things in the university setting. One of the things that can often be taken for granted is the, the amount of courses and the types of courses, the types of content that you have access to in a university. Many students come with a major in mind. They've been asked to declare their major or think about it at least. And, you know, they get their, you know, course plan and they just decide, okay, these are the things I have to take. That's all I'm 
looking to do. You know, I started my college experience as a neuroscience major who became an English professor. Like, you know, you can could have gone further uh, in some way. And it was all because I had required classes in literature that had great professors, great subject matter, and really like helped me to explore new kinds of content and myself in some ways that I wasn't able to in my like large lecture uh, for chemistry. Not to knock the chemistry lecture because I enjoyed that as well, but I would say that students should explore as much and as diverse a field of study in their first year, more so than any year in their study. Awesome. Okay. And then the last question that we like to ask everyone is, why do you think arts and sciences are important? This is a great, great question that begins with maybe thinking about our contemporary moment and the ways in which identity and voice are so vital to how anyone comes to understand themselves. Like, what do I identify as? And like, how do I express my narrative in some way are like two core themes of our times as it were. And what the arts and sciences do as a field, I would say, you know, is allow you as a student to have some approaches to those answering those questions and to also study other communities historically who have tried to answer those questions in their productions of culture. It's really interesting to see how different people answer that question because we ask everyone that. Um, oh, is that right? a different answer to every from everyone based on okay, I, I got to start listening do. to these podcasts. <laughs> I want I'm curious now how people answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you should you should. It, it's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Have a safe trip. Okay, thank you. I hope you enjoy today's episode of the Pokes Podcast. If you would like to contact us, please email pokespodcast at okstate.edu. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Go Pokes!